Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward and I'll be your host today. And again, I'm joined by Phil Congdon, senior pastor at New Braunfels Bible Church. And Phil, there is a there's a lot going on in the world right now. Mm. The last time we met, we talked about it a little bit, but it just seems like day by day, things get crazier and crazier. And so, mm. you know, kind of preparing for this conversation, the 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 phrase, what is going on, just kept coming up. What's going on, Phil? <laughs> well, you know, see, uh, for us today, this is a historical marker. Uh, Russia is still um, attacking various parts of Ukraine. Um, and it, it's hard to keep up with what's going on there. Uh, there are other places in the world that seem to be simmering. Uh, China um, is seemingly daily tweaking Taiwan. Uh, North Korea has shot off long-range missiles and tests. Uh, Iran is... Uh, seemingly getting nuclear capable uh, and has promised to annihilate Israel. Um, so if, yeah, if we look at the world, there, there are plenty of reasons to be uh, filled with anxiety. Uh, and I think you've probably had some friends who've, who've expressed that, you know, what's going on? Um, and that, and this is a question for, you know, not just the evening news. Uh, you can watch, you know, the news channels, the news broadcasts, and you can hear what's going on. I can hear what's going on. Um, but our question is a little different. Our question is, um, if, if we step back and we just look at the world scene and and what is going on, well, what's going on in history? In in well, they say that history is his story. So, what's going on in his story? What what is happening that God is doing? I mean, and there are a lot of answers. You got the answers, right? Uh, not, not today. No, no, <laughs> Phil, you know, and what something you said was just the anxiety. And, and I think a lot of that from friends and family that I talk to, it's hmm. it's kind of coming from the from the fact that our security net is not quite as secure as it was hmm. uh, even a month ago, really, at this point. And people are starting to wonder, you know, how, what are the ramifications of the changes yeah. that we're seeing in the world? And how is that going to affect us? And, and how is it going to change our life? And and so that I think it even for believers that know and trust the Lord, it it just has a way of working into mm -hmm. your mind and 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 tweaking you a little bit and making you. You know, you know, most most people that I think are believers would say, well, I know I'm going to be with God someday. Yeah. But at the same time, we're here now and things are yeah. changing and, and our families and loved ones. It, there's there's a lot of consternation. So one of the things that I've heard lately 
is a lot of, of pastors and, and teachers yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I know talking about yeah. a lot of Old Testament prophecy, you know, yeah. uh, the, the Ezekiel 38 and 39. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 Ezekiel 38 and 39, I, for those who don't know this, you may think that sounds really obscure. Um, let me just, let me just, I mean, I've, I've highlighted a whole lot of this and, um, I mean, there's a whole lot of yellow on these pages because I, you know, I've looked at this, you know, and, and it talks a lot here, uh, about what's going to happen in later times and at, at end times, uh, on that day, on the final day or something like that. And God is announcing, um, judgments and there are words that we've heard gog magog uh, these they are going to come there's going to be uh, wars and i know i've heard and and maybe some of you have heard too uh i don't know maybe you've heard uh you know some of these people are are it seems like they're jumping on a bandwagon like this is it this is uh this is what Ezekiel wrote about, or there are others, Zechariah, um, Isaiah, Daniel, uh, Jeremiah, these prophets, uh, God gave them um, a, a preview of things that were coming. And so as they're looking ahead, they saw events and they described events, but God didn't give them a date. In in the uh, you know BC and AD, mm. he didn't say uh, this one will come in whatever 450 BC. Of course, that would be silly because they didn't know it was BC <laughs> then, and uh, they didn't know what AD would stand for either. So so instead of that, they just saw things, and now it's very easy to get kind of caught up in what we're seeing today, well, that equals Ezekiel 38 and 39. Connecting the dots. Uh, yeah. And boy, uh, we need to learn something here. Uh, we need to learn from the mistakes of the past. And I could go through church history, but I'll just go back. In 1948, Israel was born, and and there were a lot of people who who were very sure that that was the sign of the last generation. How many years are in a generation? 40, 1948, 40, 88. And I can still remember those who were alive back then. Uh, you were just a kid. Uh, I was uh, a little bit older. Uh, but I can remember um, 88 reasons why Jesus is going to return in 88, 1988. Uh, and when that didn't happen, the guy rewrote the book and he made it 89 reasons the rapture will happen in 1989. Uh, and of course, he was wrong on that. And there were, there were many other books that were written. And we need to learn something. We do not have the ability to, as you put it, connect those dots. But we can see things that are coming. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it's not a bad thing to study no. end times prophecy and to wonder. 
about how things are going to play out. Yeah. But the but it sounds like what you're saying is that to to try to inject ourselves into that into that story and into into the picture that is drawn in some of those prophecies can be a kind of a dangerous thing and and something that mm. you know might uh, might derail us a little bit if we get it wrong. Yeah, I think it does. And, and I think there are probably some people who who just laugh at, at Christians uh, because they turn on the TV and you've got some preacher saying this equals that and somebody else is calling him a bonehead and saying, no, he's all wrong. He's washed up. And, and they say, neither one of you really knows. Uh, and it seems to me like, again, if we're going to be wise, if Jesus, when he was on earth, and he did, he said that, even he as as Jesus, as God in the flesh, he didn't know that that time, that was something that was in the Father's hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe maybe we could get off track if if what we do is we start worrying about is this the time? I'll tell you, I do know this. Today is one day closer. To whatever that time is, than yesterday. Yeah. So, well, looking at the New Testament, and and we start to to see some things that pop out. One of the things is in Second Peter, right, where he talks oh, about yeah. that in time, and 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 Peter he he gives us some perspective on what's going to be happening at that time. And it's very interesting. And for those of you listening in at home, let me just go ahead and read you uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. And I'm reading from the the New King James Version. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men." And so, Phil, it sounds like what that's telling us is that there's a there's going to be a lot of people saying not to worry. Yeah, that the that the end the end is 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 not really there. It's going to keep on going like it's been going all along. Boy, this is a common teaching, um, and it's interesting. I I think this is directed <clears throat> not at people necessarily in the world because people in the world don't even maybe even think about this. Maybe they're just thinking uh, that's just a bunch of religious uh, gobbledygook. But what I think this is talking about is people who are religious, who are going to be saying, uh, no, nah, I I don't think that's going to happen. And we do have a a lot of people who are religious, who are saying that a, a parallel or a similar passage, this is in, First Thessalonians uh, chapter five, um, where uh, where we read in verse three, while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains on a woman with child, 
and they will not escape. So here we have, the, again, a picture that that there's going to be a day when people are saying, hey, everything's okay. Things are looking good. Uh, and then it's not going to be. And Matthew, in fact, in Matthew, Jesus, in Matthew 24, this is what's called the uh, upper room, uh, excuse me, um, um, the Olivet, mm-hmm. sorry, Mount of Olives, the Olivet Discourse. That's a, That means that's when Jesus was talking to his disciples. And uh, and he says that uh, that when these things happen, people are not going to be expecting them. Um, this is what he, he says. Um, As in the days before the flood, this is verse 38, um, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they didn't understand until the flood came and took them away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is that this isn't something that that we're necessarily going to say, all right, it's coming, it's here, it's right here. But he does want us to look at what's happening and be aware that the end is coming. This this is one of those questions uh people ask, um, what is what does life today have to do with the Bible? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. here we've got Russia and Ukraine. Uh, instead of going to the Bible, they say, well, you'll watch the evening news. You'll know what's happening. But what does this have to do with the Bible? Well, I think that God wants us to be looking at world events with one eye and with the other eye looking at what he is doing. And that's uh, that's where what we can know comes in. I mean, what what is it that we can know about these end times? Well, I was in Matthew 24. If you want to look in your Bibles in Matthew 24, uh, Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples come to him, and this is verse 3, they say, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So now this is uh, this end of the age. Jesus had spoken about this before, that at the end of the age, there would be uh, a time of harvest, and those who had believed in him would be harvested, and those who had not uh, would be like the tares, you know, the wheat and the tares, and and they would be taken out and 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 destroyed. So there was this time coming, and they say, "All right, when's it coming?" And Jesus gives uh, a number of prophecies. We won't go into all of them here, but he just says in these days, verse seven. Uh, uh, verse 6, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Sounds like today. Mm-hmm. See to it that you are not frightened. Those must take place, but that's not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And in various places, there will be famines and earthquakes. These are just the beginning of the birth pangs. So Jesus actually is saying, yeah, it's it's good. Look and see what's happening, 
but don't lose your mind over this, you know, hang in there. Uh, uh, boy, and there are, there are a lot of other prophecies. Um, we mentioned the Old Testament prophecies. You mentioned one. Actually, here's another prophecy, Second Peter 3, that in the last days, people are going to be scoffing and mocking at this. Mm-hmm. And, and there will be. There are people today. Jesus, uh, Jesus gave more prophecies about these end times, and other writers in the New Testament do too. Paul talks about uh, to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 4. Uh, there were Christians in Thessalonica that had died, and they wanted to know what's going to happen. And he says, the the Lord, speaking there about Jesus, he will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And those who are dead, who died, Christians who died, will be caught up and we will be caught up to meet them, and we will all meet the Lord in the air. There's a there's a prophecy of an event that's coming. Uh, even when Jesus, uh, when he ascended back into heaven, we read uh, this in, uh, I think, Acts 1, maybe verse 4 or 5, I can't remember. Uh, no, it's later than that. It's verse 11 or 12, I think, where Jesus has just been ascended into heaven and two angels appeared and said, why are you looking into heaven? This same Jesus, whom you just saw go into heaven, will come in the same way. He's coming back in the air. Yeah. So so what we have is we have these prophecies and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of hope for us. Uh, and that's something I think we should remember that when we're looking at our world getting torn to bits. So, Phil, you know, we kind of started this conversation talking about the anxiety that's out there that's building. Mm -hmm. So in in light of these these prophecies and the teaching that Jesus left us about the end times and, and his instruction not to be anxious, how is it possible not to have anxiety in the midst of all this? What are some some just some things that that we can look to the Bible and and yeah. glean. Well, what do you, what do you? How do you? Um, I mean, you're you're living in the same world. In fact, you're. I'm a pastor, so I'm insulated <laughs> in a way. I'm in here, but you have a job. You're out. Uh, you're on the road. You're you're getting with people. How, how do you see people responding to this? What what are their responses and how do they handle it or do they? Well, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends and family that are emailing me and there's obviously all sorts of things that we hear in the media. Sometimes it changes day by day as to what's true and what's not true. And, and it's, it's a little bit frustrating and a a little bit uh, overwhelming sometimes to, to see all of that. But the basic thing that I think I see is, is for me personally, you know, I can I can sit there and stew on that stuff and and really let it start to eat me up. Yeah. And uh, I sometimes you just thinking about your kids. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think of my grandkids. Yeah. I think what what's going to come for them? What are they? What's their life going to be like? What's the world going to be like? What are they going to go through? Absolutely. And 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 just you have to kind of pull yourself back from from the the edge of the abyss there 
that you can spiral yeah. towards. And and how do you do that? Well, you know, uh, Romans 12, verse 2, it, it has some good application that I found it. And, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so yeah. renewing your mind, coming on a daily basis to, to the Lord yeah. and studying your Bible. Well, yeah. I, and uh, I was, uh, yeah, I met with one of my sons this morning, just talking about how if every day you just read, uh, say like start reading at Matthew or, the Gospel of John, or anywhere, just start reading, and each day, read and and underline at least one verse, and, and then you can stop wherever you you want to, and the next day pick up there and read, and underline one verse, and I, I and by that I mean don't just underline a verse that doesn't mean anything to you. I mean underline a verse that that says something that that you understand and God is revealing something to you. If you do that, I think that's where your transforming of your mind starts to happen. Uh, that's like, uh, you know, the old, uh, I think it's a computer uh, jargon thing, gigo, garbage in, garbage <laughs> out. And I tell you, I don't know if, if any of the listeners are, are like us, but if you listen to too much of the evening news or, you know, the, all of the the talking heads talking about stuff, my blood pressure goes up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll go up quick. It, it doesn't solve anything. <laughs> Either you're upset about what they're saying or you agree with them so much that it makes you worried about what's coming. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, you, you get done. Uh, and I'm, I guess, listen, I'm not trying to knock any TV shows or if you like watching them, great. You can get informed. That's good. But for me, uh, I just uh, I find that sometimes I can get too much of that. And I'm uh, instead of being directed back in a way that makes me less anxious, I'm more anxious. They didn't solve anything. They didn't fix it. They and politicians aren't fixing anything today. Uh, if you listen to politicians, it seems like they argue and they argue and go back and forth and call each other names, and then they go home or they go out to a party together or something. And I think, wait a minute, nobody's solving anything, and that that's where I think. I, I think this is a this podcast is called Assured by Grace. Mm -hmm. And this is where the I think the secret is. Do you have any assurance that God loves you, that God knows what he's doing and he is in control? So we look at a world and we say, man, it's a mess, it's crazy, uh th bad things are happening. How do we, how do we deal with that? Because that, because that assurance, it it kind of morphs into trust, right? Yeah, it's the it's the direct line that you feed that trust, and and as you as you get closer to God, those those uh, anxieties start to not 
seem as big as they were when you're looking right at them. That somebody has said that, you know, like when you have God's point of view, mm-hmm. you, you look at the, the mountains of this world and they look like a molehill. But if you have man's point of view, you look at the molehills of this world and they look like mountains. Um, Somebody else has said, uh, those who fear God fear nothing else. Those who do not fear God fear everything else. That's that's where we're at today. I I think that um, there's a hymn, an old song we used to sing. That had the lyrics, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And grace is is really a big uh, a focal point of scripture. So I'm going to start there, uh, Danny. Uh, I'm just going to start with some who are listening here today may um, may say, you know, I don't, I don't have any peace. I I look at what's happening and I'm scared. I'm scared that you know this war is going to expand. I'm scared that somebody's going to bomb that huge nuclear plant in the Ukraine and that uh, we're all going to get infected with something a lot worse than COVID. Yeah. We're going to get radiation and and that's going to start, you know, and, and I'm afraid that this war is going to expand and China is going to do something and North Korea is and Iran is and then the whole world's going to be at war and they're going to start coming right to us and we're going to be forced into this and and you can tell you can get worked up really quickly um so i'm gonna i'm going to cut through this like a hot knife through butter okay because i believe the grace of god is an amazing fix for this um it's like if you will kryptonite to the satanic Superman that is trying to get us in this world. And, and by fix, you mean fix on a personal level. I do, yeah. So, yeah, because I'm not talking about, oh, how are we going to solve what's going on in world affairs? Mm-hmm. Guess what? We have thousands of years of history. We've seen that there are things that are still happening. What is it that really changes it? for me. Well, the first thing I will say to any of those who are listening, they just say, I've got no hope. I don't see any hope anywhere. Uh, I would say God's grace, that means his gift to you, is a whole new life. Um, Every one of us is born into a a world that is like we're swimming in the sewage of sin. We're surrounded by it. It's on every side. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned. So, and what, Danny, is, and what, is, what is sin? Well, sin would be anything that is contrary to, now this would be, let, let me explain this. It's contrary to God's holiness. In other words, God is righteous. Uh, so he 
He's created a universe. He created it beautifully. Sin came into this world. And the Bible gives us the blow-by-blow account of that. In Genesis chapter 3, that Satan came, he tempted, sin entered the world, death entered the world through sin. And ever since then, ever since Adam and Eve, death has reigned. In this sense, everyone who is born dies. It's a great visual lesson. Um, Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die. Why? It's because we have a disease, a cancer of sin. And so the Bible says all have sinned, that includes me, Danny, you, we've all sinned, and we all have inherited this as a result of this, a our payment for that. The wages of sin is death. So we're we're stuck here. God is holy. We're sinful. We can't get to God. We can't reach him. And the problem is, is that we're staring down a dead end. And when we leave this life, we are going to be separated from God forever. That's where the solution to this comes from, uh, comes in. And that is that God shows his love. Guys, We are not the ones who thought up love. God is. He had love for every one of us. Mm -hmm. No matter how bad, no matter how evil you think you've been, no matter how much you think you deserve every bit of hell, God loves you. And it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that love was that while we were sinners... He died for us while we were sinners and deserved to die. Jesus came and did not sin and died. And therefore he took, he's like soaking up all of that sin and death. And the third day he rose from the dead. Now you probably heard that story. You say, well, I wonder why that's so important. That's important because that was the victory. Like a victory lap. He had defeated sin and death. And now he's alive and he offers the free gift of eternal life, forgiveness of sins. And the Bible says, by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, by grace, you have been saved through faith. Now, faith, that's believing. This is the the most important question that any person will ever answer in this life. Do I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Every part of that, I want you to think about, do I believe? This is not just a, do I think it's possible or something, but am I putting, will I put my faith, my trust in Jesus? Why? Because he died for my sin, not just He died for everybody's sin, but he died for mine. What I did, what I am guilty of, he paid for my sin, and he rose from the dead, and I'm claiming by faith, yes, Lord, I agree, I'm a sinner, and yes, I believe in Jesus. He is my Savior. That is what transfers us from the circle of death where we're bound for a dead end 
uh, life with no hope. It transfers us to eternal life. Wow, Phil. And, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast uh, just about the, the, the basic importance mm-hmm. of reading your Bible and praying as a believer. Once you've come to the point where you've placed your trust in Christ, how do you grow spiritually? How do you grow closer to God? And and that being able to read your Bible and pray on a consistent daily basis even yeah. is is the that's the secret sauce but you know we also in the midst of all i, of I this, love that I, I love that you had a fried green tomatoes uh <laughs> reference there the secrets even, in the sauce yeah. uh but it's also right. as as we look at all of this that's going on i, I mean i'm reminded of ephesians 6 you know what we're not just called to to endure it. We're called to stand. And in the midst of this, if you have trusted in God, yeah. and how do you stand? How do you stand in God? And and that is putting on the armor of God and and just being yeah. ready for what this world has coming for us. Yeah. In coming weeks, I wanna I wanna talk about some of the bad teaching that there is out there. But one of the bad teachings that that some Christians have heard is that, um, you know, you shouldn't if you ever struggle with sin, then then you're headed to hell. That isn't that isn't scripture. And you mentioned Ephesians six. Listen to this. Uh, This is uh, the exhortation of Paul to the Ephesian Christians. Mm -hmm. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. What do you wear armor for? Because you're in a battle. What do you get in battle? You get wounds. You get scars. So he says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That is, it's not just physical things like wars going on in this world or, or you know, problems that we have with sickness or something. He says, our struggle is against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness. In the heavenly places. We're not talking here about a physical battle. What Russia and Ukraine and Iran and and any other countries may do, that's physical warfare. But what he says is what we're going to be battling is a spiritual enemy. And that is the real danger. How do you gain victory? Start with Romans 12, too. You said... Do not be conformed to this world. To me, you know what that means? Don't, I, I love the way, I think it's the Phillips paraphrase puts that. Do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. And what, what that means is don't get a steady diet of what this world gives you. If you do, don't be surprised if you're going to be filled with anxiety and depressed, because that's all this world has to offer. So instead of that, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
And this is that gigo thing. You know, you put more of God's word in your mind. You pray, ask him to give you wisdom as you read. That's where you get you get rid of that old point of view and you get a new one. If we come to Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, what does it say? Put on the armor of God. What is that armor of God? You can read it in Ephesians 6, start at verse 13, take up the full armor of God, and then he lists, have your, uh, you know, girded with with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet uh, shod with the preparation of the gospel, um, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation. Now, what he's talking about is here, the more you learn about what God has provided for you and done for you, mm-hmm. you're putting on armor. And the more you have that armor on, the harder it is for Satan to get through. And today, man, I understand I'm I'm with all of you out there. This is a tough time. We look at the world and we look at what's going on. We say, what's going to happen next? We don't know. We do not know. Bible The Bible prophecy tells us what is coming, and we can know that. But it also tells us what God is going to do, that he is going to take us to be with himself. So in the midst of the worst this world has to offer, is there assurance? Yeah, it's by grace. God's grace is what saves you, and God's grace is what grows you. Uh, So if you don't know Jesus, you need to look to Jesus. If you know Jesus, keep looking at Jesus. In fact, in Hebrews 12, Uh, I think it's verse two. It says, uh, I'm going to start with verse one. It says, since we have so great a a cloud of witnesses, it's talking about these Old Testament men and women of faith. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. You know, none of us is perfect. We're going to all struggle. But as we do, we can keep looking at Jesus. And I think that's where assurance comes from. I know that's where my assurance comes from. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't know. You've got got, uh, friends and family, and I've got friends and family. And um, I know that there are going to be questions. They're probably going to ask you questions since you're the Bible scholar that they want to know what, what's happening next. Uh, and, and then, you know, if they ask me, I've got a, a great answer. I don't know, but I do know what's coming. And we can be ready for that. It, it could come at any time. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an anticipation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know it. There, there are a lot of images here, but if you think in your life, maybe there was a time when somebody you knew was coming to visit. Maybe it was granddad and grandma were coming to visit, mm-hmm. and you couldn't wait because you knew they were going to bring you presents. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you're a kid, and you're sitting at the window, and you're watching, and mom, when are they going to be here? But you were just waiting for that. <laughs> and that 
to me translates into where we are now. I'm not waiting for the next terrible thing to happen. Will will there be tribulation in this world? Yeah, Jesus promised that. Uh, he said there will be tribulation, but then he said, take comfort. I've overcome the world. And that's that's a wonderful promise. Mm-hmm. I am assured because God is a gracious God. So if you don't know Jesus, that's what you, you need to trust in Jesus as your sin bearer and Savior. If you know Jesus, keep your eyes on him and trust in him. And I don't know, maybe you've got some other questions about, people may have questions about what's happening in the world and what about this scripture or that scripture. Uh, and, And I think it's great. Look at those scriptures. You may even want to try to imagine, is this what he's talking about? But even as you do that, it's possible for us to get our eyes off of Jesus. Absolutely. And start looking at, oh, is this the prophecy? And and we can't know that, but we can know that he is coming. So anyway, yeah, those, those questions uh, that are going to come up. Uh, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, that's what's going to, it's going to replace that anxiety. I don't know, that that sounds like it probably is applicable to a whole lot of us today. Oh, absolutely. Sorry, I got kind of rambling there, but uh, this is this is really important. So whatever happens this week, uh, you, you know, we're recording this. So in the time between our recording this, and you hearing this, World War III might have broken out. Who knows? But whatever happens, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is coming again, and God is in control. Thank you, Phil. Thanks.